0: Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Disney is having an off-season sale. There's a passport update, and Long Beach is getting more cruise departures. Those stories next in the news. In our Smarter Traveler feature at 1120, we talk about
1: flying in the winter, specifically over the holidays, and offer some tips on how to
0: avoid personal meltdowns during the holidays around airports. The coast is beautiful this time of year, and the ocean views in Mendocino County are only four hours away. At 11.35, we'll tell you about hunting mushrooms and the mushroom whiskey and wine train.
1: And at 11.50, we'll answer some of the questions that you sent in our mailbag. Topics include traveling with children, traveling with pets, and traveling with husbands. Traveling with husbands? Uh, Yeah, one of our listeners has a question about traveling
0: with her husband. Oh, her husband. That's a yeah. relief. <laughs> Updates on traveling with husbands and more today, right here on The Travel Guys. On the road
1: again. I've been everywhere, man. A river really really to, to mega. So Seattle. Get your kicks on Route 66. I was born under a world
0: driven star.
1: Welcome, welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. Don't forget now, links to our special guests and so much more to make you a smarter traveler can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Well, a good morning here on a Saturday to you, Mr. Mark. Good
0: morning to you, sir. I, I heard that little Route 66 bit in our, our open there. It reminds me that uh, Monday morning i am flying to oklahoma city with a bunch of folks and we are going to travel the old route 66 highway back to uh, santa monica the second half of a trip we started in the springtime so i'm mostly different people um some the same but we are going to make our way from oklahoma city to santa monica over a period of nine days and see a bunch of old stuff along the road
1: Wow, nine days. So, wait a minute, we got another radio show a week from today. What about that?
0: That means that we will be live from old Route 66 next week.
1: (laughs) All right, that's going to be exciting. Speaking of... um traveling uh sports leisure vacation and your travelers usually about this time of the year you guys uh, have a, a tour preview day where we you do. take a look at the new catalog for the following year and all of the cool stuff that's going on uh, uh when is that and what's the latest
0: that was supposed to happen today originally it was originally scheduled But uh, because Mark had some medical issues last month, we postponed it till the 6th of November. So it's still at the Marriott Hotel on the 6th of November. If there are any sports leisure travelers listening, there are already over 500 people registered to attend. But there are still some openings for the morning program. So if you are a sports leisure traveler or just a mature traveler who would like to be introduced to some of the product that uh, Sacramento's favorite travel company offers, you can give us a call on Monday at Sports Leisure Vacations, and get yourself registered for Tour Preview Day.
1: At the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we spend a little bit of time bringing you up to date on the travel
0: news.
1: And with the travel news, as always,
0: here's Mr. Mark. Carnival Cruise Lines has announced, for those of you who love to cruise, that more cruises are going to be sailing out of Long Beach. These are basically cruises to Mexico, six- and eight-day itineraries, There are going to be three ships home ported in Long Beach um, between now and the fall of 2025. You know, Tom, when when you're going cruising, this is why people who live in Florida love to cruise, is because they can go on a moment's notice. Cruise lines, you know, if they have extra space available at the last minute, they'll try to get people because they don't have to fly. You get in your car and drive 30 minutes to the port leave your car, drive, go on the cruise, and come back and drive 30 minutes home. People in California don't have as many options when it comes to that, but uh, Carnival announcing that more cruises will be going out of Long Beach means that there will be more opportunities, uh, maybe not to drive, for those of us from Sacramento, but certainly a one-hour flight is better than two two-and-a-half-hour jobs connecting across country or taking a red-eye to Miami or something like that. So more cruises coming out of Long Beach. This is a story that's been floating around now for quite a while. We haven't talked a lot about it because I just didn't see the point. Um, The headline says, Major U.S. Airlines Removing Engine Parts with Forged Safety Certificates. Um, Apparently, some fake airline parts have made their way into airplanes. It's not just one airline or one airplane. It has hit American Delta, Southwest, and United have all found parts in their engines um, that came... From a particular supplier with forged safety certificates, in other words they weren't either weren't the real parts or they were parts that were inspected and passed to be put into an airplane by somebody who wasn't didn't have the uh, certification to do that. Um, they have tracked down uh parts off of one hundred and twenty six engines so far, and they are slowly but surely getting to all of them. I didn't mention this because I was afraid it was just going to scare the heck out of people, and it doesn't appear to be anything to be scared about. It's not like somebody sabotaged these airplanes. It's just that they're using parts that they probably shouldn't have used. So what they're doing now is going back and getting those parts out of the airplanes as quickly as they can.
1: You know, you use the term "fake parts." I don't know if that would be that would be like a part that really isn't a real part. Yeah, it, we got a pretend part that we put here; It doesn't really do anything. <laughs> but these are actually real, real parts that, as you mentioned, they're just not certified uh, and and properly uh, properly approved. But they, but they uh, clearly were were working parts.
0: Yes, not, yes. So we haven't had any airplanes falling out of the sky, and as we they've taken these uh, non-properly certified parts out of over 100 100 airplanes so far. So it it seems like as much of a paperwork problem and a certification problem, but certainly something that the airlines are paying attention to because they don't. In this case, they they appear to be parts that were fine, just weren't properly certified. You wouldn't want to get parts into it. I don't know about you, but I'm not up for flying in an airplane with parts that, uh, that don't work, you know. I mean, that parts that would have should have gone on Johnny's red wagon instead made their way into the airplane.
1: Right, and you know, once it starts with that, the next thing you're going to get you're going to get fake Coke and fake Pepsi on the
0: on the. Oh cart. no! Anything yeah. like that?
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Um, if you are going to Miami, uh, remember, in just a couple of months here, we're going to have a nonstop, a red eye to Miami. It'll come back from come from Miami in the evening, nonstop, and go back um overnight on american airlines uh the sky train in miami international's airport has broken down and it's going to take a while to fix this is only an issue if you're flying american airlines in or out of miami because that's a hub for them they have a huge concourse concourse d and it, it's about a mile end to end. It takes about thirty minutes to walk from one end to the other, and that's where this sky train came in to transporting people. So they're going to put up some shuttle buses and stuff like that, and hope to bridge the gap. But if you are flying to Miami, once again, here comes that thing with the tight connection. Be careful of tight connections mm-hmm, in Miami mm-hmm. on American Airlines for a while, because it's going to be a little tougher to get around. Tom, you're a Disneyland fan. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, you bet big Disneyland fan the resort has announced an off-season ticket sale it doesn't start till October the 24th but starting then you will be able to buy tickets for kids aged three to nine for 50 bucks um, they will be valid for two months from early January to early March so and you this can, is a uh, is this the Disneyland California park yes, we're talking about this is about? the Disneyland okay. Resort in California and uh so you'll be able to book these tickets, one, two or three day park tickets um you can upgrade them so the basic tickets will just cost fifty dollars. they're just good for kids three to nine, and they're valid for a two month period in uh early from early January to early March. again, sale doesn't start until the twenty fourth of October, so if you're thinking about a family trip to Disneyland, this might be a a time to go.
1: you think maybe they could narrow that age gap any tighter. <laughs> <laughs> three, three, three to nine, you know, three to seven.
0: You don't think that's a hustle, huh? Four and a half, yeah. For the families who have a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a twelve-year-old, and a fourteen-year-old, so uh, we'll give you a deal on these, but not so much on the other ones. And oh, the parents are coming. Yeah, they don't get any deals at all. Um, yes, I have Disney stock though, and it's performed miserably for the last couple of years. So, um, mm. if you were, if you wanted to do your broadcast friend a, a favor, you'd buy more Disneyland tickets. Here's um, here's some inter- – this is a really fascinating story. I almost skimmed over this, um, but then I started to read it, and it got more fascinating the more I read it. The headline says, United Airlines just got some remarkably good news, and the explanation is eye-opening. Sounds like clickbait for certain, um, and I fell for it. And it was a pretty interesting story. United Airlines is going to save, it looks like, $80 million next year, and they don't have to do anything. Now, you know, airlines are famous. For doing things to reduce the weight on airplanes. I mean, everything from the service carts to magazines to taking those video screens now that everybody has a phone and you don't need to put a video screen in the back of the seat anymore. That saves a tremendous weight is fuel and Mm -hmm. fuel is money. So how do you suppose United Airlines is gonna this is I think is really interesting, is gonna save eighty million dollars starting next year and they expect the savings to get more. Wow. I don't people, know. People are losing weight. Oh, the old oh people, really? Uh people are losing weight. Yes, the diabe- the diabetic medication, uh Ozempic or whatever it is that, that that's helping a lot of people lose weight. There are a couple of others. Um people are losing so much weight so quickly that their collective weight loss is going to be a massive savings for the airlines. Um, how interesting! Um, like you say, something they didn't they didn't have to do a thing to no uh, to, n- to make not it a happen. thing at all. It's gonna they right. they estimate it's going to result. In, oh, in Within a period of two years here, and one year is already behind us, um, the average American losing about 10 pounds. So that doesn't mean everybody loses 10 pounds, but it means some people lose none and some people lose 20 and some lose 40 and some gain a few. And But the typical American. So if you assume the average of 179 passengers on a United Airlines flight, that's 1,790 fewer pounds per flight, 4,500 flights a day. That's almost 1.5 fewer tons of human people per year, and that's how they're going to save $80 million. Not to mention the fact that the person in the seat next to you may be a little smaller next time you sit down next to them. So uh, it's a win-win. They're not about to reduce the airfares any over it, but I found that to be – Kind of a, fa- you know, for years we've read these things about people are getting bigger and it's causing this problem and that problem. So here is a situation where people are actually getting smaller. All right, I need to get my my button gear here. Uh, State Department has, is issuing a record number of passports. They say they're reducing the wait times. The wait times are still ridiculous. If you need your passport in less than two and a half months, you need to consider the expedited service. Repeat, if you need your passport in less than ten weeks. You need to pay for the expedited service. Otherwise, you are not likely. They're bragging about how they've got the average wait time for regular passport service down to 11 to 13 weeks. So that's basically three Mm -hmm. months, gang. So if you're planning international travel next year, do yourself a favor. Stop procrastinating. Get your passport renewal in or your new passport application now. Here's something kind of fascinating. Norwegian Cruise Line says they are going to double the number of solo cabins fleet-wide. Because more people are traveling single. This is something that those of us at Sports Leisure Vacations figured out about 15 years ago, that more people, particularly women, were traveling by themselves and that we needed to make a little bit of a change in the way our product was marketed and and the way we did things. And it's been very successful for us. Um, When it comes to mature travelers, about 80% of them are women. Um, The gentlemen are either not with us anymore or they've decided to stay home and let the wife go wherever she wants to go. And it keeps peace in the household. Anyway, Norwegian Cruise Line says more single occupancy cabins are being built on board their new ships airlines for america which is the airlines lobbying and now eh, we're not even going to that's their lobbying group we're not even going to give that story um single-use pass plastics are being phased out across public lands this would be uh national parks and monuments and anything with the federal name on it uh within 10 days they intend to get rid of all single-use plastic products i wish them well we tried to get rid of single-use plastic water bottles on our uh, buses. Uh, people didn't go for the paper the cardboard containers, and the uh, aluminum ones are a little bit too expensive. So hopefully there will be some more options soon. But if you're going to fed- to a national park sometime in the next 10 years, you won't be able to buy that bottle of plastic water within the park boundaries. Yay for them. And that is a long version of the travel news for today. Don't forget now. Uh, our website travelguysradio.com. Lots
1: of cool stuff there. In fact, uh, we just posted a, uh, a very very cute piece. Uh, I don't know the, the gal's name right off. Do you, Mark? Uh, she,
0: she. I, I don't.
1: Bas- yeah. And uh, basically, uh, she posted a video. I think this was on TikTok originally, uh, and uh, my daughter Sarah, who's our webmaster, ran across this, and uh, it. It portrays. She portrays the walk of uh, the different flight attendants for a whole slew of different airlines, and uh, she wears, you know, <clears throat> different different costumes, or should I say uniforms, if you will, uh, for the airlines. And uh, Mark, you've flown on a lot of different kinds of airlines. Uh, I- so is, what's the accuracy of this bit? <laughs> I, you know, I Besides thought this being was really funny.
0: I thought this was just, you know, another really stupid thing and it, it is kind of dumb, but um it's cute <laughs> as heck. Um, there's a link to it at travelguysradio.com and if you've flown a lot, she's got, you know, like the Delta flight attendant and how they walk and this and the the S- Southwest flight attendant, the United flight attendant. And if you've flown some of these different airlines, you would think that that's crazy that the flight attendants would have an identifiable walk. But I swear to God, you, turn, you look at this video, and they this gal has nailed it. Um, the different flight attendants for different airlines do carry themselves in a different way. And if you've flown those airlines and you see this bit, you will say, oh, my goodness, that's – incredibly accurate now she's got some international carriers in there that i can't necessarily attest to but for the domestic ones um she's nailed it travelguysradio.com it's the flight attendant walk uh connection there and if if you've got a minute and a half um don't do it right now because you're listening to the radio show but maybe when during a commercial break (gasps) never do that during a commercial break um (laughs) all right we need to talk about making you a smarter traveler tom the holidays are coming up you going anywhere for the holidays this year no, I am not.
1: But I do have uh, I do have my granddaughters flying here uh, both holidays uh, mm-hmm. from Austin, Texas. Ah,
0: so bring them tell, to tell you. It's yes. you going to them. So um, okay. So here here are a few tips. Yeah. Um, yes. These are we're always talking about tips to get through airports and stuff. But of course, in the winter, the weather is a little different. Um, you, you the weather might be perfect where you're going, but it might be icky. And if it's icky, some bad things can happen, and they tend to tumble on each other And airports. uh, You know, if an airport has a weather issue, it tends to not only impact the flights leaving at 11 o'clock in the morning, but it tends to impact the flights leaving at 8 o'clock at night, too, and everything in between. And sometimes the flights leaving at 11 o'clock in the morning don't leave until 8 o'clock at night. So if you're caught in an airport, it's bad enough. Or if your flight is canceled and you're stuck for a day... And you can, you've got to go find a hotel or something. That's bad enough. But what's worse, maybe perhaps, is getting, uh, trying to make your way across country. And because of the connection, and your flight is late, uh, and you've got a lot of issues going on. You know, it, it's it can make for some, can complicate things quickly. So here are a few uh, tips. Be careful. We talk about this a lot about tight connections, but especially in the winter time. It's not unusual if you're someplace, um, this doesn't happen in Sacramento, but you're someplace where a plane has to be de-iced in the morning, and so suddenly you're 30, 40 minutes late, even on the first flight out of the day, and you had an hour connection, and your plane's coming from a city that where they didn't have to de-ice the plane, and the connecting flight is leaving on time, and it's leaving without you. So uh, be careful about connections. You want something, ideally, in the winter that's over 90 minutes. Um, if I get a connection in the winter, winter and it's two and a half, even three hours, and it's where I want to go, I don't get real alarmed because I'm like, okay, well, I'll eat lunch there or I'll catch up on my email or whatever. So connections are important. Uh, bring something to eat in your carry-on. You're running. If you have to run between flights, it could mean that you have to decide between stopping to use the restaurant, restroom and stopping for food. My guess is you will stop to tinkle before you stop to eat. So now you haven't eaten and you've gotten to the next flight. You're sitting in the back part of the plane. Well, they've got things you can buy on board, except there are lots and lots of reports on a regular basis of buy on board, not making it all the way through the aircraft. So you now suddenly you came off a three hour flight with a 45 minute layover. You're on another three hour flight and you've had nothing to eat. And suddenly you get into some health situations that might be dangerous for a lot of people. So you put something in your carry on a protein bar, a something, it would, if you've got a dietary issue then and you need to keep your sugar low or you need to keep your sugar high or whatever you need to do, then you address that and you bring it with you. It's one less thing you have to worry about when you're running between planes. Obviously, you can't bring liquids through TSA, but you can buy liquids at your first airport or you can take an empty water bottle, fill it up. That's another thing that you don't have to stop and do. So if you've got to run from plane to plane, uh you now you don't have to stop for food i know that restrooms on airplanes are disgusting but if you had a tight connection and you knew that and your plane was running a little late and you knew you were going to have to run why not use the restroom on board the aircraft you're on and maybe save yourself a stop when you get on the ground that's one i hadn't hadn't seen before um so, and finally, if you've got a special event that you're attending, there's something that's in your suitcase that you absolutely have to have when you get to the other end, then if it's at all possible, put it in your carry-on bag. An outfit, uh, a special piece of jewelry or memorabilia or something like that, put it in your carry-on bag so when your regular bag doesn't arrive on time, you will not you will still be ready to go. So that's, that's our my winter travel tips for you. Wow, good stuff. One
1: quick one here. Don't forget, if you're you're traveling through an area where it's maybe raining, make sure to wrap your clothing that is inside your suitcase with plastic because you cannot be sure
0: that your suitcase won't get rained on while on the tarmac. That was the very first travel tip we ever gave on this program, (laughs) and we give it occasionally. And last night I was doing the same thing in my own bag, making sure that there was a plastic lining in it.
1: Thanks for coming along. Don't forget, now links to our special guest and so much more always at TravelGuysRadio.com. All right, time to head over to the coast to one of Mark's favorite hangouts and maybe yours, too, and visit with Scott Schneider. Scott is the general manager at Noyo Harbor N. If you've been there or if you've seen it, it's unforgettable.
0: Scott, welcome back to the Travel Guys. Um, the fall is a particularly nice time to head to the coast the weather is mild and the crowds aren't as big and I see a whole list of cool stuff to do in the Fort Bragg area this fall um share a couple of a couple of your favorites with us if you would
2: sure well first off thank you for having me again, uh, much appreciated. So, uh, fall is a beautiful time, uh, in Fort Bragg and on, on the Mendocino coast. We like to call it, we have, uh, kind of a late summer where, um, it's cooled off inland. And so we have brisk, uh, beautiful sunny days with little wind. Uh, and so it's, it's, the weather is gorgeous, uh, wine country. You have the, the leaves turning on the vineyard. So driving up here, it's a beautiful drive, um, through, uh, Anderson Valley and, and wine country there. And, you know, the fall for us, the um, harvest festival, is is really the biggest thing happening the first couple weeks of November, um, and uh, it involves things like the uh, uh, mushroom whiskey and wine train on the Skunk Train. You go out and uh, to the middle of the forest and taste. Wait, and wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the what now? The mushroom whiskey and wine train.
2: Yep, must, yep. Mush. So it's it used to be called for people that have been here before. It used to be called the Mushroom and Wine Festival, and then during COVID, they kind of rebranded to encompass more than just mushrooms. Uh, mushrooms are huge up here. We have over 500 types of edible mushrooms, over 3,000 total types of mushrooms, um, and so there's lots of walks and things. And the train, the train's been been doing events like this uh, for many years. Um, and so yeah, you leave from Fort Bragg and, and you uh, take the train out to Glen Blair, uh, uh-huh. and you you know go mushroom hunting and you sip local Yeah, and you I, learn. I about, saw that on yeah,
0: all, all I saw that farm. on their website that you could that you could actually take a, a mushroom hike. Wait, wait wait a yeah. minute wait a
1: minute you're not letting people wander out into the woods and uh, <laughs> pick wild mushrooms and eat them. Are you Scott? We would never. No, no,
2: no, no, no. Unless you know what you're doing, we would never uh, encourage uh, people to pick mushrooms without knowing what they're picking. No, there. You have guides. Uh, okay. We'll go out and talk to you about all the, all the different types of mushrooms, and so it's it's. Very safe and delicious.
0: You could start your trip by going through the wine country. And, of course, you know, all the harvest is coming in and everything now. And by the time you got up to Fort Bragg, you'd already be half wasted. Not, not that I'm encouraging you to drive <laughs> while after you've been drinking. And then between the whiskey and the mushrooms and the, you know, all the stuff up there, you might never find your way your way back home. Um, Scott, um, all kidding aside for a minute. You are the proprietor of, um, of a wonderful little inn there, the Noyo Harbor Inn. You have a restaurant and stuff. Take a, a minute here and and give a, a cheap plug to your, to your lovely little property there that's down in Noyo Harbor in Fort Bragg.
2: Sure. Thank you. So, yes, we have a 15-room inn that's overlooking uh, Noyo Harbor. We actually have views on three sides because the river takes a nice bend as it uh, comes into the harbor and then starts going upriver. Um, our rooms are, you know, it's an old house that has been refurbished beautifully with, uh, you know, refinished wood and, um, great views. Uh, we're pet friendly. We have a beautiful outdoor dining patio, uh, overlooking the river. Um, it's really, uh, it's, it's tucked away. So it's away from whatever you would call a crowd up in Fort Bragg. We don't really have big crowds, but, um, it's just, you know, we have a lot of locals that come there and they, they come there. Because they feel like they're on vac- vacation from um, from Fort Bragg itself.
0: Scott, you mentioned there just briefly. Um, you, you snuck in a thing there about uh, pets or dogs or th- Fort Bragg. I, when I as I'm looking through attractions, I'm putting together a tour for sports leisure travelers to Fort Bragg um, next year, in in hopes that we'll at least be able to use um, your restaurant. But you mentioned something that I see. On a lot of websites around Fort Bragg, it's about pets and about this. Your area seems to be a very dog-friendly, within reason, um, destination. Is that is that accurate?
2: That is very accurate. We um, it is a very dog-friendly uh, destination, especially you know it was before COVID, but even all the you know people that picked up uh, animals during COVID, uh, traveling with uh, with your pet has become a given. Uh, it's expected. Uh, and we like to treat our pets almost as good as we, we treat our, our human, Sometimes better, depending on how the uh, human may uh, be, behave. Um, but yeah, we have over half of our rooms are pet friendly. The Skunk trains pet friendly. A lot of our restaurants now have outdoor dining um, due to the, you know one of the benefits I guess of of um, the the pandemic. But a lot of you know you can pretty much go anywhere with, with your with your pet. There's lots of hiking. There's some uh, leash uh, leash free uh, dog beaches that you can run around with with your pets so yeah it's a it's a great place to, to come
1: all right well uh, you know uh, we spent a lot of time talking about traveling with pets particularly those that like to fly with uh with fido and fluffy and mark uh, how are you with uh, taking your uh, your travelers to hotels that are pet friendly
0: um usually it's not a problem tom because most hotels that are pet friendly have they've 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 already thought this out and they know that they're going to have guests who may not necessarily be pet friendly themselves or may have allergy issues or stuff like that so i find as scott mentioned you know some of the restaurants have outdoor dining areas now so the pets can you know the dog could be at your feet outside mm-hmm. where it's not an issue for other places that was it was kind of a set up question You're for right. scott cuz i i kind of knew the answer just because yeah. I've been spending the last couple days exploring all of these things in and around Fort Bragg and I see either the pet friendly thing which is what I see in, on most of the websites or they say look you know here are our pet restrictions and this is why so they've it's obvious that everybody up there is dealing with the, the pets on a daily basis Scott we are out of time here I need to wrap this up thank you very much for um For some ideas about some of the things that are going on up in Fort Bragg, of course, the Noyo Harbor Inn would be a lovely choice if you are headed up there. We will put a link to not only uh, the inn, but also autumn events to enjoy while staying at the Noyo Harbor Inn at our website at TravelGuysRadio.com. So if, if you think a trip to Fort Bragg this fall might be in your future... We can give you a great head start. We can tell you where to stay and what to do. Just go to TravelGuysRadio.com, and we'll make you a smarter Fort Bragg traveler. Thanks, Scott. We'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you, guys, very much. Boy, I'll tell you, it it, definitely uh, appeals to me. I I would really like to go and stay at the Noya Harbor Inn.
0: The Mushroom Whiskey and Wine Train. Does that not Mm. sound decadent or, or what yeah, yeah I, I thought your your point was good um you know do you really just turn people loose and let them go out and pick poisonous mushrooms and start munching on them hey man <laughs> wow <laughs> uh, some mushroom some fun stuff though and fall is a great time to go up there so um and and besides scott's place at the noyo uh, harbor in there are lots of other uh, properties up there with a wide range. And, you know, the great thing about the Fort Bragg area is that there really isn't any place up there that's super-duper expensive. Um, there's also no place up there that's super-duper over-the-top luxury. You know, there's no Ritz-Carlton or uh, Fairmont or something like that. They're just smaller properties. Some are a little nicer than others, but a really, really cool place. I'm looking forward. I, I As I stated there, I've been working on a tour to take uh, folks up there to Fort Bragg. Uh, next summer. So we're going to go up and spend a couple days uh, next summer. If you're a sports leisure traveler, you can look for that in the catalog. Anyways, enough of that.
1: All right. Okay. Uh, from time to time, we dip into the Travel Guys mailbag, which can get pretty full with some really good questions from our listeners. By the way, if you have a question that you'd like answered in the world of travel, if you go to travelguysradio.com right there on the homepage, there's a place where you can enter some comments or a question, uh Mark is always happy to send you an answer directly to those and from time to time we pull some out and we add them to the Travel Guys mailbag segment here on the radio show and we've got uh, we've got some good ones that I think you can relate to. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano the Travel and Entertainment Guys.
0: Yeah, Thanks mostly mostly on. live. Mostly live. Mostly yeah. live, you know? I mean how could we prove that we were mostly live today? I don't know. Even when we tape
1: shows, we have goofy spots and things that are wrong and mistakes that we make, and we just leave them in. And-
0: Scott's a good interview. We're so- going to have to check in with him in Fort Bragg on a regular basis. He's a fun guy to, to, to talk to, and so it's things are, are not so – you know, he doesn't represent a tourism entity. So he's I think he's more neutral, you know, he doesn't have he's not trying to promote one thing or the other. He's just trying to get in a few licks for his for his property and uh so anyways, I'm going to go up there and meet him in person sometime in the next uh, next couple of months. So, Mailbag, okay. Mr. Romano.
1: Yes, it is Mailbag time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Kathy C writes. I've heard that airlines have new rules for families
0: traveling with children. Well, Mark, is it good news or bad? Yes, is the answer. Uh, mostly good Mostly good news. The airlines have taken a lot of flack from a lot of people over their policies that, you know, you select seats and a family of four or five is traveling together and maybe one or two of the children is kind of small, so it would be good to have a parent connected to them. And they've bought inexpensive tickets and they go to check in and they're scattered all over the airplane and so that becomes a problem not only for the family but for in some cases for the people that are seated next to some of the, the the younger members of the family so the airlines have been trying to create systems that will allow people to be seated together of course what do you do when someone has paid for a particular seat you know upgraded seat that the airline is charging, and now the airline says, "Well, you know, you can't have that aisle seat. You're going to have to take this middle seat, four rows further back, because we have to put this family together." So while we all have empathy for families with small children, the realities is that are that some people choose to buy less expensive seat uh, tickets, which don't include reserve seating, and and in the hopes that they will still be allowed to sit together. It appears that the airlines have kind of caved in. And they're, they are creating systems that allow these people to be seated together. Um, they leave an asterisk, but it, it really is, it seems to really be a priority for them. I don't see as much flight attendants coming on airplanes and asking people to move so that this and that and whatever can happen now. So I'm assuming technology is taking care of this before we get to physically being on the aircraft. The other thing I want to just say is that you shouldn't get seating on an airplane with the assumption that people will be kind and just and, and let you have whatever seat you need, uh, some folks will reserve a window and an aisle seat, and then when the person comes to take the middle, they'll just say, "Well, hey, you know, you'd probably rather have the window or the aisle." You know, we'll, they're hoping that the seat's going to remain open, and when it doesn't, why then they try to negotiate with the person. Believe it or not, there are a few people on the planet who prefer aisle middle seats. They're actually a little bit bigger. And the unwritten rule is that you get both of the armrests. And so, hypothetically, if you're not a person who needs to get up and down all the time and it's not a long flight, the middle seat may be fine for you. So, anyway, it's been a problem for the airlines. It's been a problem for the families. So the answer to your question, Kathy, is yes. Many of the carriers have created circumstances that that allow families to sit together or give them priority. I would inquire with the carrier because, again, it depends on are they a – select your seat in advance and you can get it for free Um, or select your seat in advance you have to pay for it or get your seat when you get to the airport you know there are a lot of different business models now for airlines so you're going to have to ask the particular airline that you're flying do your homework and God help you if it's Frontier because they're going to charge you to ask that question
1: All right, Uh, our next question from the Travel Guys mailbag Uh, comes from... uh, Kate Linnell, and she asks, I want to travel with my two cats. Ouch. Not one, but two. Ouch. Is there some place on the Internet I, I can find the, the rules and costs for pets and, on planes? Now, Mark, she's asking about a, a place on the Internet and not uh, what you think.
0: Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. Well, I ha- the first thought is two cats. Um, cats don't travel. Meow. As- yeah, cats don't travel, uh, historically, um, cats don't travel as well on planes as dogs. They tend to be noisier, and there's nothing worse than an animal that is meowing or barking or whining or just is not happy for uh, a, for an extended period of time. If it's more than five minutes, I consider that to be an extended period of time. So um, really, seriously... Folks, if you're going to, I know a lot of people are tremendously attached to their pets. Sometimes people are relocating, so they have no other way to get the pet there than to take it with them on the airplane. There's a charge for it; it's not free. It's getting, I think, you mentioned Tom, more expensive to do things like that. It, it is, yes. Yeah. Southwest went from
1: which was not cheap. that went from ninety-five dollars for a pet on board in a carrier to a hundred and twenty-five. How much and do that they charge? That is each way.
0: How much do they charge for a child in a carrier?
1: Uh, I don't know, but an un- unattended minor is uh, is a hundred dollars each way. Oh. <clears throat> so my my
0: grandkids cost
1: me four hundred dollars before
0: they buy a flight. Wow, wow! So you can't get a discount by putting them in a carrier or something like that. That's a, <laughs> apparently, there aren't child carriers. Okay, so um, Caitlin, uh, it, you're the, with with the two cats. Um, if there's no other way to get there and you have to take the cats. Um, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but every airline is different. What they charge, what they allow, whether they, whether the animal can go in the cabin or has to go in the belly of the aircraft, um, what it costs, that's different for every airline. Um, so just, just be careful. I, I, if there's a way to keep from doing that, if you can, a way you can do it by car and not by plane, it might be something to consider.
1: All right. Our next question comes from uh, Sandra B. Her husband carries a portable oxygen device, and she she wants to know, uh, are there any rules for getting
0: through TSA? Not necessarily TSA, but getting onto the aircraft. And it, gosh, this is really going to sound like a broken record now, but every airline is different. And every, you know, some people use a small oxygen tank. That's very different from somebody who has the oxygen pack that, 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 is on their side so um really and truly you need to do your homework and when we're talking about special situations like this pets children oxygen devices i know it's hard in some cases and and we we kidded a little bit about frontier charging but they really do charge people to talk to them at the airport and the like so um you got to fly with if you've got one of these situations and the airline won't even talk to you about it then find another airline um, because it, it's worth paying up a little bit to get someone who will actually explain to you what the rules are so you don't arrive at the airport and find out that, you know, you're traveling someplace important, you've got no time to run back home and do whatever they tell you to do, and and you, you're not w- properly prepared, and they're not going to take responsibility for that. They're going to put it on you. So it's something you need to step up for.
1: Now, one thing that you're going to want to do, uh, I uh, when I had uh, pneumonia real bad and I had to travel with oxygen <clears throat> to different destinations, you're going to need to check on- online for that particular airline. Uh, Southwest was my choice. And there is a special place that you can go where you declare that you're going to be taking a on oxygen concentrator with you. And as a result of that, a lot of things will be taken care of for you. They will know that you have it. Uh, a lot of times you'll get uh, pre-board. Uh, they'll be asking you if you plan to use it on the plane. Uh, they want to make sure that if it's a battery-operated, that you got a second battery on hand. But as, like Mark says, do your homework. Go to the website of the airline that you're going to travel, and you drill into it, and you'll get uh, you'll pretty much get all the answers that you need.
0: Before we go to uh, our, our last question, Tom, I have one here that I didn't share with you. Um, this was. This has to do with traveling with pets. Um, comes from one of our listeners. Um, she said that she's listening to the to the broadcast. And um, we were talking about seating children in a special section and whether or not there would be an extra charge to avoid the child section or or something like that. And she was talking about a woman sitting next to him had two small dogs in a pet carrier, which she placed under the seat in front of her, put on sound canceling earphones and watched a movie. In the meantime, her dogs yapped and barked and on and on all the, the entire flight. Um, somebody bring, sitting across the aisle would bring this to her attention. She would calm them down, put the earphones back on, and the th- same thing would repeat again. So she said, you know, the dog owner didn't care anything, didn't care, could have cared less about annoying anyone else sitting around her. So her answer, her question was, do they have any recourse in that situation? So I sent this to Chris Elliott because this is way above my pay grade. And Chris um, answered back the same day, said, oh, my bad bad dog mom bad he said we had that recent case with the can you say farting dog on the air on the radio i think you can say it but you're probably not supposed to anyway chris said they had a recent case with a dog which had gas on an airplane on singapore airlines the airline did offer some compensation in that case but for barking dogs probably not is what chris said so um well, bad news there because but once again Gosh darn it! Um, if you've got an animal, uh, a test run of some kind, a short flight, maybe before the long flight, so you could find out how your animal adapts to that kind of environment. Anyway, I just um, thanks to uh, to Sue for sending that in.
1: All right, one more question before we wrap it up here from uh, Sky P. Do you recommend renting an electric vehicle? I've never driven one but would like to. It seems uh, the uh, sky says seems like uh, renting one for a road trip might be a way to decide if I like them.
0: And we I agree. We talked about this a few weeks ago here on the travel guys and um and what we decided was based on the recommendations that that the advice that we had we thought made pretty good sense. And that was If renting an electric vehicle to try it out makes perfect sense, don't rent it on the road when you're in a situation where you've got to be someplace and you've never had an electric vehicle before. Do your homework. Rent one at home around town. Drive it around town for a couple days. Park in your driveway. Um, Go to places that you're familiar with and get used to the way the vehicle operates, how it refuels, all of that kind of jazz before you go out. Um, on the road but yes that's an excellent idea some people are using it but just be aware of the fact that there are a lot of things about electric cars that are different you want to know the, what, what those things are before you get out on the road well there you go wrapping
1: up another travel and entertainment guys radio program we'll be back next week same time 11 a.m on saturdays if you have friends that used to listen to us on sunday at three tell them uh, don't do that because we're not there.
0: We're not there. <laughs> I don't know what's All there right. Sunday at 3, but it isn't us. All, All right. We will we'll be, be you next week. Yes, P- next P- week, w- live from Route 66 in Arizona, yeah. Winslow, Arizona, from the La Posada Hotel. You, in the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. All right, my friends.
1: Stay well. You take care. We'll see you next week right here on The Travel Guys.
0: never has the to.